Welcome to Adventures in God with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in God. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, I'm in here with my friend Scott Gilbert of Savior Martial Arts. He's an incredible friend. He's a martial arts master, headmaster, soke, Christian businessman, all around extraordinaire. And he's also the host of the upcoming Virginia Beach Power and Love Conference. And it's a pleasure for me to interview him today. It's an honor and a privilege. So Scott, I welcome you to Adventures in God. Thank you, Jared. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Would you enjoy sharing some of your background, some of your history, or whatever the Holy Spirit it leads about your business oh yeah well i am quite an anomaly in every circle that i'm in so i i always tell people i'm a man of many hats and most people want to talk to me about the martial arts because that's kind of what i'm known for i started a small christian martial arts school in 1997 which has now blown up and it's it's just on it's ridiculously large in comparison to most schools where most martial arts schools have 40 to 100 members we have over 600 and it's just it's we're at a different magnitude and it's fully christian everything is about honoring the lord we say we build black belts from the inside out and it's about great character development through awesome physical training so most people want to talk to me about about that uh but i'm also you're right i'm the host of power and love virginia beach uh, been moving in Holy Spirit uh, anointing. It's been ridiculous what God's been doing, even only just the last one year. Uh, I'm also an attorney. I don't practice, but I'm a lawyer. From I'm a Regent University law grad and uh, business owner. I own a roller skating rink. That's crazy, mostly because our martial arts school blew up. It was so big. We had so many people. Uh, we needed to buy a roller rink to handle all of our folks, which is a really cool problem to have. Also brings with it a lot of interesting side notes. It's like I always tell people there was a movie a couple years back called uh, We Bought a Zoo. Well, that's me. We Bought a Roller Rink, which feels like a zoo. So, yeah, any of those things we can talk about. My most favorite thing to talk about, though, is what's God doing because he's active and moving, and uh, I just get to be part of what he's doing in this world. Well, then let's go there. What <laughs> is God doing? And I've been privileged to be part of some of these, See them, seeing them for real up close, personal. So what is God, what is, within the last week, what has God done? Okay, well, I'll just tell you about what happened last night. So last night, night, uh, I'm in the dojo, that's what we call the karate school, and I have this young black belt, young man, come in with his dad. Sebastian's about 13 years old, so he's a young teen. He's been with me for five years or something. And Sebastian's playing football. He's got a lot of stuff going on. I kind of heard through the grapevine he might be moving off. He might be leaving us which we never like, but it happens. Kids grow up. So they come into the dojo last night late. We're, we're closing up soon. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, they're going to want to talk about an exit plan, which, okay. But I don't love that, right? I don't want to lose anybody. I love this kid, and he's a good boy. There's nothing wrong. And his dad comes up, and he says, hey, uh, I'm really glad I caught you. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. And he says, uh, Sebastian was just at football practice. He's all He's got all the pads still on. And he's like, Sebastian was just at football practice. And he took a header, and his head's really bothering him. He's got a really bad headache, and we were hoping you could pray for him. So Holy Spirit just took something that I was predicting 
completely in the flesh and reminded me that we are not here for our own interests, but when we are dedicated to what the Lord is doing, he'll actually bring people to you for his purposes. You don't have to go do anything. You basically just bring the boat out and the fish will jump into the boat. You don't even need to have bait. I mean, there's a lot of analogies there, but the truth is when when your heart is dedicated to what the Lord is dedicated to and when you're abiding in him, I have found on multiple occasions, people just come to me. My wife Lynn and I were in a coffee shop and we're just sitting there having breakfast. We're not, I don't have a shirt that says, I love Jesus, can I pray for you? We're not talking overtly about things of the Lord that I remember. We were just, my my wife and I having breakfast. And this guy walks up to the table, 30-something, you know, decently dressed, kind of a businessman kind of guy. And uh, he stands there awkwardly, and he kind of just looks and he says, um, I'm really uncomfortable. I don't normally do this, but I just feel like God just told me. And he looks me in the eye and he says, could you pray for me? Wow. Like, yeah, dude, awesome. Absolutely. That kind of stuff has never happened to me in my life. So Sebastian and his father come in the dojo last night. Uh, The kid's playing football. I think he's probably mildly concussed. (laughs) And uh, so I look in his eyes. They're not, they're not, his pupils aren't dilated, but he's complaining about a bad headache. You can tell the boy is uncomfortable. So I'm like, yeah, man, let's pray right now. So I put my hand on his shoulder and I just prayed a quick prayer of faith. I try to always keep it short. You know, this is something that I've learned just recently, is God doesn't need our words. He needs our faith and he needs our feet. He needs us to walk up and activate, but then his spirit does it. And it's not through our clever speech or the way we talk. It's just about go be love to people. Put my hand on his shoulder and I prayed something like, Father, you love Sebastian. You love me. Father, right now, I pray that you would fill him in Jesus name with your presence and your peace. And I just speak peace over this boy, all pain in his head right now, get out on the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I, I said, okay. And we, you know, I kind of talked to his dad a little bit and I didn't just jump right on it, but I said, Hey, Sebastian, so, uh, so what's going on? What do you feel anything going on in your body? And he's a young kid and this is probably new to him, but he pauses for a minute and he's like, yeah, it doesn't hurt as bad. I said, well, man, don't be nice to me. All right, let's just be honest. This is not, you know, you're not hurting my feelings because I don't have any power to do this anyway. But, you know, what what were you feeling when you came in? How bad was your pain? Like zero to 10, what were you feeling? Without missing a beat, he says, oh, yeah, I was definitely at an eight, eight, maybe nine. Okay. And I said, what are you at now? He's like, about a three. And I said, awesome. This is, it's, I said, Sebi, Sebastian, Sebi. His dad calls him Sebi. I think that's cute. Uh, it's, this is real. This is the God of the universe is stepping in and physically touching your body because he loves you so much. And I said, let's pray again. So at this time I had one of my young instructors that's there also young, dynamic Christian, great young man. Uh, the Lord actually grew his leg out an inch or so uh, a few months ago in a creative miracle. So he's moved in it and he's felt it. And so his name's Isaac. So Isaac came up, he's right there nearby. I'm like, Hey, Isaac, can you come over? You want to pray with me with Sebastian? So this time Isaac prays into him and I just stood there, put a hand on his shoulder. But Isaac prays a quick prayer of faith, a little bit longer than me, pours into the boy how much Jesus loves him. And Father, right now in Jesus' name, any spirit of affliction, any spirit of infirmity that's trying to assault this boy, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. All pain, get out. Very bold. 
very moving in authority. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen. And we said, okay, Sebi, what do you, what do you got? And he's like, yeah, it's like a one right now. It's almost gone. So that was last night. And that's where we left him. And I was able to look him in the eye because I was checking to see if his pupils were dilated. <laughs> but I was able to look him in the eye and said, Sebastian, this is real. Jesus loves you so much. And he's touching your physical body right now. I think he wants to use you for the rest of your life to be his hands and feet to hurting people. And the boy just kind of stood there and absorbed that and looked at me. But what we were able to do there was we were able to see a demonstration of the manifest presence of God. And we were able to, to give a vision for this young boy of what would it look like if for the rest of your life, the Lord used you everywhere you go every single day. That's my clarion call for the church now is that let's, I feel like what the Lord has done with me, and this is fairly new. I'll tell you, I've been a Christian for 33 years, maybe 34 years now, uh, ordained preaching the gospel as a vocation for 22 years. And I'm a, I have been a son though for just over one year, for 14 months. And it's really, really different. And I feel like what the ministry the Lord has given me is, I say, preaching Christ to Christians, which is an interesting thing to say, but really what it, what that looks like is getting the church outside of the church, the church right. to get out of the four walls and go be the church everywhere you go every single day. And that looks like just loving people and being aware that you're Jesus is the word. He's always speaking. And if you can just quiet yourself and abide in him, he will tell you things about other people if you're quiet. We always want the Lord to talk to us about us because we're very self-absorbed. And that's flesh and that's something that needs to be crucified. But once you start moving past that, you start finding out the Lord is actually talking to you about hurting people around you. And once he, I feel like once he sees you stepping out in faith and just crossing the the aisle and saying, hey man, I just want you to know, Jesus loves you so much. I feel like he highlighted you to me. You have anything going on I can pray for? I have never had anybody tell me no. I've never had anybody be a jerk to me, get away from me, weird guy. But I've had a lot of people that just soften and they're like, they think for a second, they process and they're like, yeah. And they'll share something. And then you just pray for it right there quickly. That's being the church outside of the church. And the Lord's spirit is all over that. So that's kind of what I'm all about now. I love it. There was a while ago that we were at Starbucks, you and I. Would you mind sharing that story? <laughs> the Starbucks demon story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, this was my first demonic manifestation uh, deliverance experience. Okay. And again, I've been a Christian since I was a little kid and walking with the Lord. I've done all the right stuff in the Bible, quiet time, preaching the word. You know, I've done everything. I never saw anybody delivered of a demon. I never saw anybody healed. I never saw all the stuff that I'm seeing now on a near daily basis. So you and I are in Starbucks. And this was, I remember it was like right after the new year. It was in January because we hadn't seen each other over Christmas. And I just felt like I want to reconnect with my buddy, Jared. Let's go to Starbucks. So we go to Starbucks early January and you and I are sitting talking and you might not remember, but I remember saying to you, Jared, I just feel like in this new year, I just want to connect with more people. I am naturally a raging introvert. 
I am very uncomfortable talking to what I would call strangers. I am very uncomfortable breaking the ice with new people. My wife is awesome at that. And I'm like really uncomfortable. So I was saying to you in this new year, I just really want to pray for more people. And you looked at me and you said, that's awesome, man. And as I'm telling you this, I'm looking past you. And in the door comes this little old man in his 70s. I would give him kind of gimpy leg. He's walking kind of funny and, you know, black man. And he comes up. He's very gentle looking. He's very comfortable. He's very placid. He goes up, puts in his drink order. And, uh, and I say to you, like this guy, I really want to go pray for him. And you say, go for it, man. And I'm like, oh, stink. Now I got to do it. <laughs> and this man puts in his order. You know how it works. He walks over to the bar and he's standing there with his elbow on the bar waiting. Well, he's almost within reach of us because we have a little two-top table right there next to him. I don't have to go very far. So I kind of take a breath and I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you have for this guy? In my mind, I say that. My prayer is, okay, Lord, you love this person. What do you have for them? And then I just trust my father is going to do something. So I get up and I take like almost a full step. <laughs> I put my hand out like I'm going to shake his hand. I say, hey, good morning, sir. Uh, are you in pain? That was my intro because he looked like he was walking funny. And are you in pain? The guy puffs all up, this gentle, calm looking little man. He puffs all up and he says, no, man, we're still the champions. And I just kind of pause. I'm like, well, he's wearing all this football regalia. Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. And they just lost. I think they had just gotten knocked out of the playoffs. Yes. Well, I don't. I'm not that into all that stuff, but he's thinking I'm giving him a hard time about his team. And I take a second and I'm like, no, man, I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about your body. Are you in pain in your body? And he says to me, oh, and then he's all nice again. He's like, oh, I'm just old. And I reach my hand out and I just kind of tap him on the shoulder. And I said, man, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Can I just pray a blessing on you? That's when I tap him on the shoulder. Can I just pray a blessing? Tap on, on you. And that sweet little gentleman, as I tap him on the shoulder, he starts to shake. He lifts his arms up off the bar. He's vibrating like he's having a seizure, but his arms are moving, his shoulders are moving, and he shouts out, no, with this angry, moaning voice. And then he does this long, hard exhale. He goes, oh. And he's all peaceful. He's like, yes. He shakes his head like he's shaking something off. Yes. Yes. Please. Thank you. So I pray a quick blessing on him. In Jesus' name, fill him with your presence. Holy Spirit, calm any pain he has in his body. Get out now. Lord Jesus, remind this man how much you love him, that you paid a great price for him. In Jesus' name, amen. And he gets his coffee and he walks out of the restaurant. Same Limpy leg, same. I didn't see any change. I didn't ask him to check his body, but he leaves. And I come back over and I sit down with you because you're watching right there. You're like a foot and a half away. I'm the intercessor in the background. It's amazing. And I sit down and I look at you and I'm like, dude, what was that? And you say, it's a demon <laughs> in public. Yeah. You're like, that was a demon. Yeah which I don't disagree with, but that was not in my wheelhouse. That was not normal for me. 
But we really thought, and we talked about it, and we said, you know, it was the gentle love of saying, Jesus loves you. Can I just pray a blessing on you? That made a demon jump out of this guy, freak out first, and then exit. And it wasn't because we got him in a headlock, and it wasn't because we made him say our prayer. It was because the Holy Spirit who lives in me and you is light. And he casts out darkness just by us showing up. You don't even have to do anything. You do have to do something. You do have to actually speak life into people. You do have to actually say the name of Jesus. You do have to actually say, Jesus loves you so much. Can I just pray a blessing on you? And that's when the demons run. And that's what happened in Starbucks. Amen. Hey, guys, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. And we're going to continue right after this break. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the scripture, but also what he is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. And we're back with Scott Gilbert and I don't know about you, but while he's sharing these true stories and some of these stories that I've been part of, my hand has been on fire. And I believe that that was the wonderful Holy Spirit confirming his work through my friend Scott, what we're seeing in in this community. And like Scott was just saying while we were offline, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's what this podcast is all about, giving testimonies, glorifying Jesus, giving him all the praise and glory, and just letting you see, get a peek into my friend's lives of what he's doing. Hmm. Scott had mentioned that he is now walking in sonship, and he's been on this incredible adventure for the last year, year and a half, and I would love for him to share what God has been doing as he's learned and walked in the biblical truth of his identity as a son of God. Yes, amen. So everything changed for me in June 2018. So as we are recording this now, that's about 14 months ago. In 14 months, and it wasn't even in 14 months, nearly immediately, my life completely got transformed. And that's a word that my wife chooses to use to describe me. So when your wife says, you are transformed, it is a trustworthy source. So what happened to me in uh, June 2018 is just a seminal thing uh, that has completely changed my life. First of all, I have been a Christian since I was a little boy. Like I said, I've been a Christian for 33, 34 years. I'm ordained, all the doing all the stuff. I kind of had an attitude, though, I know now with my Heavenly Father because I didn't see people changing. I didn't see him changing in my ministry. I wasn't really changing. Honestly, the only one I really saw changing was my wife because she's just amazing. She follows so hard after the Lord. She did. She was a growing Christian. But for me, everybody that came in kind of angry or irritable or weird or aggressive or whatever, they became Christians and they were angry, aggressive Christians. People that were kind of selfish, 
they became Christians. They were now selfish Christians. I didn't see the development that I was really hoping for. And um, of course, my ministry is a, a large Christian martial arts school. We are all about personal development. It's not about just break the board, get your belt, throw somebody three times your size, although we do that and it's thrilling and exciting. Uh, it's all about growth on the inside. And I wasn't seeing the growth points that I wanted. So we were overhauling a lot of our curricula and just modernizing and trying to keep things fresh all the time, constant and never-ending improvement is what I'm all about. And we were overhauling our spiritual curriculum, the overlay to all of the different martial arts systems, because we teach many different things for different ages and different needs. And as I'm overhauling the system and I'm praying about this, a friend of mine, one of my black belts, he's been with me for 15 some odd years, uh, lives in Austin, Texas. He flew up with his son to where we are here in Virginia Beach to get some continual ed and some training. He wants to start a, a program down there, which was great. And I said, hey, you got to come here. You got to learn all the new stuff. What we taught you guys 10, 15 years ago is very antiquated. So come here. And he did. And he spent like four days and we just downloaded a lot of material into him. And while he's at my house, he says to me, he says, Scott, you like Israel. Sidebar, I'm also a biblical archaeologist. That was my undergrad degree was in archaeology, uh, guaranteeing me no gainful employment. So I went to law school, got my law degree, started a nonprofit Christian martial arts school, and now that's what I do, and I move in sonship now. So that's a that's my journey. But he says, you like Israel. I've been there four or five times leading groups. And you got to see this video of this guy named Todd White, who I'd never heard of, getting into the Dome of the Rock, which is the Muslim mosque on the Temple Mount, which is off limits to all non-Muslims. I know this. This guy, Todd White, getting into the Dome of the Rock, and he's in the underneath the, the rock, though it's called the Well of Souls, which is underneath the rock where Abraham was to sacrifice Isaac and where the original temple was built. I mean, this is one of the holiest places. Todd's in there praising Jesus with loud vocals, singing praises to Jesus Christ. You got to see this video. I thought, huh, okay. So I watched this seven minute video on YouTube about how Todd gets into the Dome of the Rock and it's miraculous and there's healings and, you know, the Lord just connects him with the guy who happens to have the key and that a Muslim and that guy gets healed. And so that guy is very interested and Todd gets into the Dome. So I'm watching this. That starts me on a bit of a journey because I watch this. I'm an Orthodox Christian. I believe the Bible. And I think there's a lot of hooey out there that we got to be careful of. We got to watch out for sheep and yes. wolves, and we we shepherd the sheep, so we got to watch out. So or even wolves and sheep. That's what I meant. Yeah, wolves that come in like as angels of light, and so I and I have a heart for my people. So I kind of watch this video with one eyebrow raised because I've never actually seen anybody lay hands on the sick and them actively be healed and testify to it right there. And that's exactly what happened with Todd White. So I start digging into Todd and I start listening to podcasts and watching some YouTube videos and running it through the, the scriptures, running it through the grid of is this orthodox? And everything I'm hearing is lining up with the word. Now, he is unorthodox as far as the way he walks with the Lord in relation to the modern American church. He's out there, but he's out there in love. He's out there in actually activating and loving people the way I think Jesus would have done because Jesus did all of his miracles for the most part, not in the temple, but in the highways and the byways, right? He did it all along the road and where the people were. Well, that's what I was seeing this guy doing. So I dig into him all along. I'm modernizing our curriculum. And I see that they do this school called Power and Love. 
So I look at that and I'm like, okay, maybe I should go to this. So I call up my buddy, Stephen, the black belt from Austin that clued me into Todd. And I said, man, if I fly you to this power and love school in Grand Rapids, Michigan in June, because that's when I could get away, would you go to this with me? He's like, if you're buying, I'll come. <laughs> he wasn't that way, but we, you know, we had a, we have a good relationship. And he's like, yeah, man. So he and I, and one of my young staff members, we go to this conference. I don't really have any expectations. I kind of think I'm going to something like a trade show where I'm going to go and there's going to be vendors and I'm going to like, it's going to be awesome worship. Okay, that's going to be awesome. But there's going to be like, you can buy this box off the shelf and I'll be like, oh, there's our new curriculum and I'm going to plug it in. It was nothing like that. None of that stuff happened. I went to this conference that is 95% about worship Jesus and move in the identity of who you are as a son, the identity that he paid a price for to save you from you so that you can now walk free of guilt, shame, and condemnation because all of that was nailed to the tree. He took all of our shame. All Bible-believing Christians would agree to this. He took my shame. He took my guilt. For now, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We've crossed over from death to life. All the things that we say we believe, power and love teaches you actively what does that look like? How do you actively live as a son in this world? When Jesus says, out of you will come rivers of living water, what does that mean? What I've learned that it means is all of the miraculous flows out of sonship. When you are squared away with your position of who you are in Christ, the miraculous just moves through you because you're a clean conduit. I come back from power and love. First of all, nobody laid hands on me. Nobody had a word for me. I didn't fall down. There was none of that stuff. There was no what I call heebie-jeebies. I didn't feel anything. I did a lot of powerful worship. I feel something then. I mean, I, I naturally cry in the presence of the Spirit. Just I, I tear up, and that happened a lot. But there was no event. But I come home from Power and Love. It was Father's Day Sunday that I come home. And my wife, who's very active in things of environmental interest, she is saving the Chesapeake Bay one oyster at a time, I tell people. And she is a vibrant Christian. And most of the people that she's working with are not. They are far from God and happy to be there. So I don't typically do a lot of stuff with her in the environmental sides because I'm busy. I have multiple ministries, businesses. It's easy to say, I got stuff. I can't come. But that Monday morning after I got back from Power and Love, she was going to do some work down. They were reforesting an oyster reef. And that means down at the river and it's muddy and it's buggy and it's late June and it's hot and it's pretty miserable. But she was getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning on a Monday to go do this. I wake up with her every day. We get up together and I just felt the Lord, I just felt in my in my being, I need to go with her. Somebody needs to be prayed for. And I told her this. I said, I'm going to come with you. She says, you are? I said, yeah, I think somebody needs to be prayed for. She raises one eyebrow and says, okay. Again, we're both Christians most of our lives, but I have never had a desire to go pray for people in the public square, in public. I'm an introvert. This is weird for me. But I had a thing that's like, if I don't activate, if I don't go step out into this identity sonship thing and go love people, 
I knew that I was going to go back to what I call Monday, regular business, do life as normal. And that event that I went to would be just another positive experience, but it wasn't going to change me. So I go to this thing. We get there a couple minutes late, and the head lady who I know, I've met her before, her name is Pam. Pam's about 60, lovely person, but I just know from interacting with her that she is almost a spiritual blank slate. She knows nothing of things of the Lord. I don't know how you can be 60 years old in America and be that way, but she is. Because Lynn had told me in their interactions, Pam has said things to my wife like, Lynn, I don't know anything about religion at all. Tell me stuff. So Lynn talks about the love of a good father. We don't talk about religion. We talk about the love of a good father. It's a nice bridge to Jesus. So this lady, who is a blank slate, is standing up and giving all the directions. There's about 30 people circled around her, and she's saying, okay, we're going to do this, and we're going to haul sand from up there and down to the river and put boards down and wheelbarrows, and then we're going to haul the oysters, and we're going to put them in here, and oyster castles, and yada, yada. Okay, it's basically prison labor. It's hot. It's miserable. It's buggy. I'm there. At the end of her explanation of what we're all going to do, I notice she's moving very robotic during this. But at the end, she defines it, and she says, And guys, I was working on my boat this weekend, and I don't know what I did. I pulled a muscle, pinched a nerve. I felt electricity go down my neck, all down my left side, and I can't really move. I'm sorry. I'm actually kind of scared, but I won't be able to help you all today. I'm really sorry. And I looked at Lynn, and she looked at me, and I just knew that was the person I was supposed to pray for. So right in the middle, you know, she had said, okay, break, and we're all going to go do our jobs. As she says that, I walked right up to her, looked her in the eye, and I said, Pam, if you let me pray for you, Jesus will completely heal you right now. (laughs) And I laughed because that was so completely out of the norm for me. I would never have basically put God on the spot like that. But that's what I was encouraged to do. Step out in faith means step out in risk. And when you're at the end of the branch and it's either Jesus shows up or you look like a fool, you know what? I will be a fool for that. So I said this to her. If you let me pray for you, Jesus will completely heal you right now. And she looks at me and she says, she's kind of shaking her head. She's like, okay. So I put my hand on her shoulder. I didn't even touch her. I remember this because I'm a man. She's a woman. I'm not going to make contact. So I put my hand next to her face because she defines it as her whole side and her neck and all this. And I just prayed a quick prayer of faith. It was, Lord Jesus, you love me. You love Pam. I pray presence of Holy Spirit over right now. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I command all pain, get out on the authority of Jesus Christ. And I remember I had a little attitude in my voice when I said, get out. And I opened my eyes and she's moving around and she's freaking out. And she says, what's happening? What's happening? And I said, I don't know, Pam. What's happening? Is your pain gone? She grabs my hand. She sticks it on her jaw and she says, no, there's still a little bit right here. I said, okay, I'll pray again. So I pray again, a short prayer. This time it is, Father, thank you so much for Jesus and his healing power, what he paid a price for, any spirit of affliction, any spirit of infirmity. We bind you and say, get under our feet where you belong. All pain, get out. Be healed now in the name of Jesus Christ. She opens her eyes, and she, or I open my eyes, and she is just bawling. She is just crying. And she's moving her head side to side. She's moving her whole body around. 
And I said, how do you feel? And she says, you're magical. You have magic beans in your pocket. Wow. Because she has no reference for Right. This. I said, no, Pam, that's just Jesus showing up, letting you know how much he loves you and wants a relationship with you. And that lady spent the rest of the day overhand throwing oysters into the river, moving all around, and all these people saw it happen. All these folks that I I believe are probably far from God, just from kind of the topics that we talk about. Now, I didn't go to her and get her in a headlock and make her say my prayer, which was different from what I had been taught. But I know that that woman was touched by Holy Spirit. All of her pain was gone. And I know it was a miraculous event for her. And it was a huge miraculous event for me. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in God. We hope that Adventures in God encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. Subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in God.